1: This is the first time the show has let me sit down in five years. <laughs> We've got a great show for you tonight, including an interview with AOC. But. <laughs> sure. 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 But there's a lot to talk about, so let's get into the headlines. It's a day in America, so we're talking about guns. <laughs> This weekend was the National NRA Convention, also known as Cargo Pants Comic Con, or or the Westminster Stepdad Show. Now, people like to stereotype NRA members as gun-obsessed whack jobs who want to arm little babies. And the thing about stereotypes is sometimes they're spot on.
3: I've got three kids, two son-in-laws, and did you know that I'm also a grandmother? Not just once, but twice. Have two beautiful grandchildren. Little Miss Addie, who is almost two, and Branch, who's just a few months old. Now, Addie, who, you know, soon will need them, I want to reassure you, she already has a shotgun and she already has a rifle. And she's got a little pony named Sparkles, too, so the girl is set up.
1: (laughs) Wow. That's the governor of South Dakota bragging about her two-year-old granddaughter owning guns. Bold. When my kid was little, I was covering outlets, locking cabinets, and cutting grapes in half because they might be a choking hazard. <laughs> Christy Nome is like, here's a shotgun, you're on watch tonight, six sick- sick separate Tyrannus. <laughs> Look, I know liberals and conservatives don't agree on much, but can we agree that you should not own a gun if you don't know how to poop in a potty? Although it is adorable that she has a pony named Sparkles. In fact, if you'll excuse me for a second, I need to address Sparkles directly. Sparkles, this will not end well for you. These people are clearly insane. Run while you still can, there is no time for goodbyes. Go! Go, my friend, go! Okay. Yeah. yeah, okay, no Look, to be clear, to be clear, I'm not bringing up Christy Nome just to make fun of her grandkids. I would never do that. They've got guns. <laughs> I'm bringing up Christy Nome because she gave us a great insight into what creates the worldview of an NRA member.
3: My dad taught us life lessons, he taught us common sense, and often those were taught during our hunting trips. For instance, I remember being only about nine or 10 years old and we had hunted all day, miles and miles from camp in the high country in the Bighorn Mountains. When my dad turned to me and he said, Christy, hunt your way back to camp. I'm gonna go around this ridge and I'll meet you there at dark. And he disappeared over the ridge. Now to a 10 year old girl, this was terrifying. And as strange noises came and darkness fell, I had to rely on my instincts and my horse to find my way back to our tent. Now, years later, Mom shared with me that my dad had followed me at a safe distance all the way back to camp to make sure that I got there safe. Now, before you get all warm and fuzzy on him, I also want to tell you that he made bear noises the whole time he was following me, (laughs) scratching trees and growling at me, so you know.
1: What an adorable story about alcoholism. <laughs> Excuse me one second. <laughs> Seriously, Sparkles, this family is f- nuts. Get out of there. Trust no one, except for Tyrannus. <laughs> okay, but. <laughs> okay, the real purpose of an NRA convention isn't to tell fun family stories of childhood abandonment. No to explain why all the gun violence of the last year had nothing to do with guns. In the past, they blamed video games, rap music, and for a brief period in the 90s, the Rachel. (laughs) It can be anything. Well, not anything. It can't be guns. But anything else. And this year was no different.
0: You want to do something, you can ban social media in kids under the age of 15 or 16 before you take guns away. This is a mental health problem. It's undiagnosed mental health. And the motivations of the trans activists. This is a cultural problem. Bring back the family. This is a spiritual problem. The American media. Genetically engineered cannabis.
1: <laughs> Weed, really? When I get high, the only thing I want to massacre is a bag of Funyuns. <laughs> now, if you're blaming gun violence on weed, you're not even trying anymore. These people are just name-checking things they don't understand on the news. <laughs> it's weed! It's chat GPT! It's love is blind crashing Netflix! Is that a thing? Is that a thing? Is it a thing? <laughs> Look, and this isn't just the NRA deflecting They're stoking these fears, fears of rampant crime, trans people, wokeness, mutant doobies. It's all, it's all coming to get you. And you know what happens when you combine a culture of fear and guns? You get the story that just came out of Kansas City, where a kid trying to pick up his siblings, knocked on the wrong door, and got shot and wounded by the homeowner. That kid wasn't shot by weed or social media. He was shot by a scared person with a gun. And this is the climate the NRA is stoking. They're the irresponsible, loudmouth, hiding in the woods, making bear noises, scratching on trees, so that you feel scared enough to go and get yourself a gun.
0: But... You know what?
1: It's my first night. Enough about gun violence. Let's move on to something more lighthearted. The corrosive rod of our judicial branch. Of course, I'm talking about Clarence Thomas, the Supreme Court Justice. Yeah fans, I can tell. You know him. He's the Supreme Court Justice who's taken more free vacations than all the Bravo housewives combined. <laughs> Last week, we learned that Thomas had secretly accepted luxury trips from right-wing billionaire Harlan Crow, And that's his actual name, not his Game of Thrones cosplay character. <laughs> And now, we're finding out that back in 2014, Harlan Crow bought a house and two vacant lots from a Clarence Thomas, from Clarence Thomas, for $130,000, which is outrageous. I'm shocked that in America, in my America, there are still places where you can buy a house and two vacant lots for $130,000. <laughs> I'm mad about the corruption, but I have to admit, that's a f-ing steal. <laughs> and on top of that, Clarence Thomas' mom is still living in that house rent-free. And Harlan Crowe has paid for thousands of dollars of renovations, all of which Clarence Thomas should have disclosed by law. Although, in his defense, the law is complicated, and he's only a Supreme Court justice. (laughs) For more... For more on the legal nuances of this story, we turn to Supreme Court expert Ronnie Chang. Ronnie! (laughs)
4: Where am I? Where do you think I am? I'm at Clarence Thomas's mom's house. That's the house? Uh, well, technically, this, this, this is the pool house. I mean, they yeah. built it last week, but obviously, they're going to do a gut reno because, I mean, it looks like shit. <laughs> That's insane, Ronnie.
1: These revelations about money flowing to a Supreme Court justice are, frankly, they're shocking.
4: Uh, oh, oh, really, Jordan? You're, you're shocked? <laughs> are you shocked? Have you been? Have your precious norms been violated? Oh no! Somebody help! Justice Thomas and Harlan Crow bent over and double teamed Jordan Klepper's innocent principles.
0: Stop it! Stop it!
4: Stop it! I'm a professional news person. I don't have principles. You know what's really shocking here, is this billionaire is wasting so much money buying Clarence Thomas flights and houses and shit to vote conservative. Hey, newsflash, billionaire, Clarence Thomas is already conservative, (laughs) all right? It's like bribing Nick Cannon to hit it raw. (laughs) Yo, He was gonna do that anyway. Save your money. Jordan, you know who I do
1: blame for this? Uh, Harlan Crow's parents for giving him an evil villain name?
4: Yes, but no. Sure. I, I blame these dumbass, whiny teachers, pet liberals. Hey, if Clarence Thomas can be bought, then why aren't you buying him? Huh? Instead, you gave Beto Rock like a billion dollars to come in third in a student council election. Right? Why don't you take that money and build Clarence Thomas's mom a new garage, a yoga room, and a helipool? I think you made a hell of had. No, I said hella pool, okay? It's a pool for helicopters, so you can land straight in the water instead of walking there like a peasant. <laughs> Maybe abortion would still be legal if liberals bought a pool for Clarence Thomas' mom's helicopter, okay? Is that so crazy? Yes,
1: yes, it is crazy, Ronnie. You don't fix corruption with more corruption. What is the message you're sending when you let money influence decision-making?
4: Jordan, I will give you a thousand dollars if
1: you agree with me right now. No, I would never betray my integrity for thousand dollars. Maybe five. Okay, how about three? <laughs> three, deal. Yeah, Ronnie Chang is right. Everyone. All right, when we come back. My interview with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Don't go away. Pressing news about gun violence in America. But the good news is that there are people working on solutions. I met up with New York Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez to talk about one possible solution right here in New York City. I met with the Congresswoman at Jacoby Hospital in the Bronx to discuss its Stand Up to Violence program, which has shown an impressive 46% reduction in retaliatory violence in its first few years. As a Democrat focused on violence, isn't that off-brand?
5: Well, I'm from the Bronx, so it's on-brand for where I'm from.
1: <laughs> there is a lot of discussion around what what progressives can do about violence mm-hmm. in a big city.
5: What the data has showed us is that if you respond to violence as a public health issue instead of as an incarceration issue, violence decreases. And that's what we're doing here at Jacoby Hospital.
1: Are there cops here at the hospital that are addressing the issue? Hell no. <laughs> Okay.
5: No, this is, listen, and, and there's security presence and mm-hmm. police presence that is standard in any hospital, but that's not what this program is about. In the traditional response to an incidence of violence, a shooting or a stabbing, you may go to the ER real quick, you get patched up, and then you go straight to the precinct. Mm-hmm. What we decided to do is that we said, hey, let's shift the response and see what happens when we make the center of response a hospital instead of a jail,
1: when a patient comes to the ER with a gunshot wound, the stand up to violence team works with the victim and members of the community to prevent violent retaliation. You're essentially talking about preventative medicine here.
5: It is. It absolutely is. Which in is.
1: America, it's not exactly our thing. <laughs> we're if you not look known at our health We're not right? known for that. We're more of a reactive medicine society. Yeah, type and that's a,
5: And, you know, we have caseworkers, we have social workers, we have therapists, and we also have people who themselves were once incarcerated. Some of our most effective people in this work are the former gang members, former people who formerly spent time at Rikers.
1: I can hear how Fox News would spin this as AOC tries to defund the police (laughs) and fund gang members.
5: If I spent my time worried about what Fox News said, I would, I mean, I wouldn't be here.
1: We're here in New York City, um, and you're talking about funding uh, violence prevention outside of uh, the police. Mm-hmm. And yet, Eric Adams has just increased police wages by 28%. Mm-hmm. Is that misplaced?
5: I, I think so. We are now at a point where officially, most officers are paid more than a teacher with a master's degree serving these same kids involved in these same incidents. We are defunding safety, defunding our public schools, defunding our public pools, defunding our parks, defunding our libraries, when we are taking all of those resources and demanding that every single department, except the militarized one, be cut, we are sending a message about who and what we care about.
1: Here in a hospital, do you ever get the vibes, do you ever consider a career in the medical profession?
5: It's funny you ask that. When I went to college, I went in as a pre medical student. Really? I uh, wanted to be an OBGYN, actually. Uh, but, you know, life takes us in where it takes us.
1: I considered going into the medical profession. I thought I could play a handsome doctor on TV. <laughs> Didn't pan out. While we were on the subject of national embarrassments, I had to ask the Congresswoman about Clarence Thomas and his BFF, Nazi swag collector Harlan Crowe. I want to talk a little bit about Clarence Thomas. You've said you would even draft articles of impeachment for the things that he's done. Yeah. Has there been any quid pro quo? And I said quid pro quo partially because it took all that effort to learn what quid pro quo (laughs) meant back in the Ukraine days. And it feels apropos of now. And I don't think I used apropos correctly.
5: I think that quid pro quo is this bar that doesn't even need to be met. The justice is required by law to disclose something like that. And he hasn't been.
1: Can you empathize, though, Beyoncé came through here and wanted to take you on a sweet vacation? Wouldn't you say yes and let uh, her show you her Nazi memorabilia? You gotta
5: tell someone about it. But, <laughs> hey, hey, don't, don't put Bey's name on that like that. Don't I'm not saying Bay's she has
1: not. I'm saying if she invested in Nazi memorabilia <laughs> to show that she hates Nazi memorabilia, she'd want to show it off.
5: And that whole thing is just, I mean, bizarre. You also don't keep the the linens around.
1: Which linens? Oh, the Nazi linens? Yeah.
5: Who does that?
1: Don't you think? if you had a billion dollars and you bought everything, you'd probably eventually get to Nazi linens? This
5: is the distraction of that whole issue.
1: You're right. We're just focused on that, as opposed to all the money that's going over to Clarence Thompson. Although, if you're a billionaire, can't billionaires
5: have friends? They can. Supreme Court justices are required if they are receiving money from people. They shouldn't even be receiving money from people. This is why we pay salaries to public servants. Mm -hmm. And if they want to live that kind of lifestyle, then they can resign from the court. They can retire.
1: Now, I want to talk about the court. It's looking as if the Supreme Court is going to rule on some of the conflicting rulings around Mm Mifepristo. Who do you think is going to write the final decision that takes away these vital rights from women? Is it going to be the guy who cried over beer, or is it going to be the buddy with the Nazi memorabilia guy? You
5: know, my hope is that they, we do not get to that point. But we also have to face the reality that the Supreme Court has chosen to give up huge swaths of their own legitimacy. Chief Justice Roberts, Clarence Thomas, Brett Kavanaugh, the Republican Party, in them giving up, trying to take seriously um, the legitimacy, the standards, the integrity of the court, they have given up a very large degree of their authority.
1: The new news in Florida this week is the six week abortion ban. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do women approach that or fight back against something like that that's happening in Florida?
5: Of course, there's the standard, like vote and mobilize. But i want to put that aside for a second. We do not have to accept tyranny. And this is a form of tyranny. It is a form of violence women will die, people will die because of this decision. And it will be by and large the men who signed these laws that are killing the women that will die by them. And we have a responsibility to help one another, whether that is supporting organizations that mail mifepristone, which has significantly reduced risk, certainly safer than medications like Viagra. But ultimately we cannot Continue to accept people in power who will abuse others for their own gain.
1: Indictment Week was last week. It might also be a month from now, too. We could have a lot of indictment weeks. Uh, how do you think New Yorkers treated former President Donald Trump?
5: I think they treated him like a Florida man. He don't belong to us no more, okay? <laughs> He's not from Queens anymore. He's a citizen of Mariana at this time.
1: And you saw New Yorkers treating him as such?
5: Yeah. Why wouldn't we?
1: Do you think people were weeping when he was booked, as he claims?
5: Um, maybe George Santos and Marjorie Taylor Greene were, but not me. Kick it back to LaGuardia, maybe.
1: Kick it back to LaGuardia? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is in your district?
5: Yes, it's in my district, and so is Rikers. And so we have, I have to go in every single day watching people get treated Far worse for doing far less. And then, you know, it's like this red carpet that gets rolled out. I mean, if you hurt one person, you get 10 years in prison. But if you hurt millions of people, you get your name on a building.
1: Mm-hmm. Congresswoman, thanks for talking of to course.
5: me. Of course. Thanks for having me. Stay
1: tuned. Because- She's here to talk about her new drama series for Peacock called Mrs. Davis. Please welcome Betty Gilpin. (laughs) Betty, Betty. welcome to The Daily Show. of course now there's a lot of buzz around this mrs davis show
6: is there there
1: is buzz great you're part of it right this is what you want right
6: yeah i think
1: so no you're doing great (laughs) she's doing great but (laughs) it's
6: funny i I watch a clip like that
1: there's a lot going on and there's a lot going on in the show so
6: much going on yeah
1: in fact they've told us they're like there's a lot of spoilers yeah You can't talk about certain things. So
6: many things you can't talk about. Impossible to promote. I'm not used to doing something so plot-heavy. Usually the plot of things I do are like, when is she going to sob or have sex? And that's kind of like the plot twists for that episode. Screenwriting 101, right? Yeah, exactly. uh And this plot is like a Rubik's Cube had sex with a haunted calculator. It's it's the best.
1: I feel like there's a bunch of different genres going on in this.
6: Yes, like a hundred different genres. I keep saying it's like No Country for Old Looney Tunes is the genre. That's about right, Yeah. right?
1: Yeah. In a a nutshell, uh, a spoiler-free nutshell, yeah. Essentially, you are a nun who's part of the resistance fighting an all-knowing AI.
6: Yes, yeah. So the show kind
1: it of... It almost like, sounded like a joke as I pro- call that yeah. premise. It's like, oh, Hollywood and these old cliches, right? or right? like
6: Chad GPT wrote that uh, synopsis. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a society not unlike our own, but one where uh, an AI uh, or an algorithm like Siri or Alexa called Mrs. Davis has kind of taken over, is in everyone's ear, purports to be a Benevolent, and there's a small faction of society, myself a nun included, uh, that thinks she or it is evil and not to be trusted.
1: Now, how do you train? Because there's a lot of fighting. How do you train to be a fighting nun? Is it, is it yeah? Is it kung fu? Is it Bible?
6: You know, it's more, yeah. After Glow, I, I, it's it, that felt like falling down a cement staircase every day. So this, I was like, yeah, I guess I fall on my butt like three times in the show. It's not uh, as comparable. But I, I zoomed with nuns to prepare. Um, <laughs> is yeah, that sacrilegious? I mean, <laughs> can you do that? Yeah, yeah, no. No, they they love to Zoom. They're Zoomers.
1: (laughs) They're like, breaks the monotony. Thank you. What do you want to know? Did you ask them at all about fighting? Like, if you had to fight, I know it's not your first go-to, but if you had to, what would you do?
6: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, on screen, we're used to seeing either like one dimensional climb every mountain pious nuns or horror movie nuns with like blood coming out of their eyes. And uh, the nuns I spoke to were, you know, three very different multifaceted women. And while I don't hold the same belief system that they hold, I was very impressed and uh, had to kind of Check the cliche of them that I had in my head, which was very wrong.
1: So none of them had blood coming from their eyes.
6: <laughs> no, not one. Really? Maybe uh, the second they de-zoomed, they're like, okay, we can we can regular. we can cry blood.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> water gone. turned to blood. It's yeah. part of the whole religious thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I haven't read up on it, but I think that's how it goes down in the Bible. I think that's what
6: happens. Yeah. yeah, chapter three of the Bible. <laughs> now,
1: what is your relationship with with AI? Are you fearful of it? You're you're a wonderful writer as well as an actress. Thanks. Uh, do you look at something like even chat Do you fear that it's coming for your jobs?
6: Yeah, it's really scary. I mean, you know, I mean, the internet in general, it's weird. I, I have a two and a half year old. We were uh,
1: talking backstage, so uh, do yes, I.
6: Yes, they're going to be betrothed to each other. We arranged their marriage. Yes, oh, before, sorry. Yeah, we should, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wit,
1: FYI, we've been, we've been doing, yeah. you're fine. It's yeah. actually, yeah.
6: Everything's great. It's <laughs> um, But, you know, I try to limit her screen time and I snatch phones away from her like it's poison and then I myself can't pee without watching Millie Bobby Brown take a lie detector test because I'm so addicted. <laughs> i addicted to the thing that I'm telling my daughter is poison, so I don't know, I have to get right with that before she's on the grid of understanding. But in terms of AI, I think our show mrs davis on peacock april 20th <laughs> um is kind of asking the same question that we are asking now which is are you our savior or are you our downfall that to ai uh, and um even when we were filming chat gpt six months ago wasn't as much a part of the headlines as it as it is now and i don't know it's really scary it is
1: scary yeah i feel like this show it kind of asks that question or it looks at when you look at guidance, do you turn to technology or do you do you turn to God? Yeah. Like, uh, are you are you a God believer or an Elon Musk believer? Right. It's it's sort of. Right. What? what, Where do you fall in that line? Have you have you picked a side yet?
6: I mean, one's got rockets, right? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Um, I mean, I myself am not a person of faith, but I do think this show has made me think a lot about, you know, church and the internet being these two sort of institutional responses to the same human question, sort of, of asking why and wandering and wanting to, wondering and wandering and wanting to connect with each other. And I think we often use church and the internet to do the opposite of what they were probably built for, which is to connect and wonder. And we use it to disconnect and to provide all the answers in your echo chamber. Um, And I think, you know, I look at my daughter and I hope that we're just the generation driving without seatbelts using this to disconnect and get dumber. Maybe they can use it to connect and get smarter, but I don't know. Oh. I probably not. <laughs> what
1: What is your daughter obsessed with? My, my son loves Gabby's Dollhouse and Bluey. That's going nonstop in our house.
6: Yeah, I mean, she pooped her pants on Easter, so I don't know if she's like the future of AI. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but oh, sorry, Mary. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, are you kidding? Um, yeah, she's into, she's like a fluffy Thor Lebowski as a two-year-old girl. She's awesome. A yes. Thor
1: Lebowski. Yeah, finally. Now, part of what's exciting about Mrs. Davis, Damon Lindelhoff was one of the creators of yes. this uh, from The Watchmen, Lost Days. I yes. feel like Watchmen was such a compelling storyline that came at big topics from a different angle. Yes. Uh, and also, it had the story unfold in a way that feels both mature and like it's cutting ground. You've worked with him before. Yes. I wonder, like, what drew you to working with him again and what it was about this project that you found interesting in its storytelling
6: technique? Yeah, so he, uh, Damon Lindelof, and Tara Hernandez created this show together, and they are both geniuses at what I believe here are genius at too, Jordan <laughs> Klepper, which is, um... <laughs> Go on.
1: You don't, you don't have to say it like a robot. I mean, that's... <laughs>
6: Well, I think you're a genius at this as well. Thank which you. Did is, we get that? I'm um, glad we got that camera. Yeah, clean? two
1: cameras. Perfect.
6: Uh, you know, they hide a thesis statement in farce, which I think you know oftentimes when we're sitting down to decide what to watch on TV every night we often are faced with either joyful and mindless or important and depressing and I think finding joyful and important is hard to do um, but possible and I think Damon and Tara both do it really beautifully and I think our show is an example of that um, and this show is an example of that The joyful
1: sure. and and what?
6: Important. Oh, right, right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Dreadfully <Gently laughs> important, yes. 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 The first four episodes of Mrs. Davis will premiere on Peacock on April 20th. We're we'll going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this.
0: Explore more shows from the Daily Show
4: podcast universe by searching The Daily Show, wherever you get your podcasts. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central. And stream full episodes
2: anytime on Paramount+. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.